let's turn to our opening scripture. We are going to be reading from Mark 14, verse 27 through 31. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter said to him, even if they all fall away, I will not. Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth today. This very night, before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I must die with you, I will never deny you. And all of them said the same thing. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as I pray over us today? Father, I I just thank you that you're here. And I just ask that you move mightily today, that we may embrace the core of, of this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so as I said, the uh, core value that we're breaking down is we worship authentically. We worship authentically. And, and what that essentially means, we believe here at Christ Uncensored, that worship is a lifestyle. Worship is not, like, we believe that singing songs and praising God is a form of worship. But we believe generosity is worship. We believe when we did communion, that's worship. We believe that when we come together in community, that's worship. We believe that when we serve, that's worship. Worship is our lifestyle and and making our lives a sacrifice unto God. And that's actually um, the way Pastor Roe broke it down last week. Uh, uh, Not last week, yesterday at our men's conference, which was phenomenal. Man, can we make some noise? It was really, really powerful. And so with this in mind, we worship authentically. The title of my message today is Stop Lying to Yourself. <laughs> yeah, you ever been on that side of the conversation? Like, you know, me and my wife all day, every day, Amanda. I tell Amanda, you know what? I think I'm giving up sugar. She's like, stop lying to yourself. I go on a binge of video games, and then I decide I need to get productive, you know. I'm like, baby, I'm hanging up the controller. She's like, that's the third time you said it, so I just need to know. Are you lying to yourself? I do it back to her, you know. My wife always got a project. I'm going to start this, and it's going to be a I'm like, oh, that's awesome, baby. What about the other three things? Oh, well, you know, I'm like, baby, stop lying to yourself. You're going to do it for now. You're going to love it for now. And three months from now, we won't hear about it. And I'm okay with that. I support you. But stop lying to yourself. Brene Brown calls it a come to Jesus moment, actually. Uh, They were, her and her husband were planning a vacation. And she has all these books that she's planning to read. And he's like, Brene, you need to come to Jesus right now. Because you know with the kids and the weather, ain't no way you reading even one book on this vacation. You need to stop lying to yourself. Now, that's one version of it. But... As I think of this concept, we worship authentically. I think of a story, not a story, uh, what was just happening the other day. Lisa and I are in the car. Amanda's in the car, and we're getting some Dunkin'. And she, the person in the drive-thru comes on. They're like, hey, can I take your order? Lisa orders. And then she's like, did I sound different? And we're like, no, you sounded fine. She's like, oh, because people make fun of me. 
because I have a phone voice. Anybody know like, what the phone voice is? Like, I know, pastora. Lee, we know you. And Lee goes from street to sweet real quick. She'll be like, yeah. Yeah, so I'm coming out of the, into the intersection, and this chick just comes out of nowhere, and I'm like, mm-mm, boo-boo. Answers the phone. Hello, pa. Lisa speaking. How may I help you? Real quick. I have a phone voice, too. My phone voice is, why isn't this a text? So I'm always confused. I'm like, hello? Yvette, what? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yvette needs me to let you know. She doesn't do that. <laughs> My mother has a phone voice. My mom is here. She, she's like, uh, she has a phone hand, too. I'm scared. Um, and it's two kinds of phone voices my mom has. Is She's either the interrogator. She's always the caller in this situation. Ruben, where are you? Why are you over there? With who? Who's that? I, I know you told me I wasn't going to know, but I want to know who they are. And what are you doing? And what time are you going to be home? And are you going to have people over? I know. That's her phone voice. It's interrogator. It's either that or it's. Apocalypse, mom. Ruben, oh my God, where are you? I'm like, mom, what, what? You left the lint in the dryer again. <laughs> and I told you it could cause a fire. You know. Zab has a phone voice. Zab's phone voice. I'd be having to have accountability meetings with Zab's phone voice. You call Zab. Especially at work, you would think you called into some R&B. <laughs> this just. Hello. Thank you for calling in. This is Zab Cruz, and I am here to just, oh, my God, you sound so amazing. I just want to thank you for calling in right now because you just. <laughs> I'm like, bro, who are you talking to? He's like, oh, it's my mom. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ro has a phone voice too, Pastor Ro. Yeah, Pastor Ro has a phone voice. We've all heard Pastor Ro's phone voice. This is what it sounds like. Hi, you've reached the voicemail of Rolando Remedios. I'm not available to come to the phone right now. But leave a message and I'll get back to you. It doesn't say in three to five months, but... We all have a phone voice, right? You guys know, like you switch up. We code switch. And phone calls are just one of the many areas. And I share this in the context of stop lying to yourself because I feel it is so easy to be different versions of ourselves with people in different contexts, in different situations. And I feel that it is so easy to even deceive ourselves into thinking we are something that we're not. And almost even easier to want to give God the phone voice, the prayer voice. Because the Christian life has standards. We are called to a standard. And every time you look at that standard, I don't know, but I look at it and every time I open the Bible, I'm like, <gasps> I'm so much further than I thought I was. And there's just this expectation. Like if I'm a Christian, I was talking with a friend the other day and I was like, I hate, I laugh when people say, like they'll make fun of Christians and they'll say, oh yeah, Christians, I get why they're Christians because life is easy when you're a Christian. I'm like, Pfft. What Christianity? Because so I was like, I'm ready. 
I'm like, my Christianity says I have to be a good forgiver. I can't, um, I can't um, hold offense towards people. I got to turn the other cheek. I got to forgive 70 times in the same day. My version of Christianity says I have to die to myself. My version of Christi- Christianity says I got to be mature. I got to take the high road. I got to love my enemies. And that's not easy. And it can be so difficult that when you come to God aware that you are falling short of the Christian standard every day, it is so easy to want to give God the version of yourself that's excelling at that, you know, the blessed and highly favored you. God, I'm here today and I come against my depression and I'm ready, Lord, because I know you love and I'm just, and really deep down inside, you are scared. Really deep down inside, you are so in such agony and aware of your failures, and you just want to give up. And there's just this part of you that you do not want to acknowledge. There's this part of ourselves. See, I think that in the Christian life, in in the context of worshiping authentically, and I think many of us here, because Kuha, you guys do an amazing job at being authentic. You ought to give yourselves a hand at that. I think part of that is your spirituality. I think part, another part of that is because most of you guys are from Brooklyn and you don't know how to front. <laughs> but while we can keep it a buck with a lot of people, I think one of the people that it is hardest to keep it a buck and why we give God a version of ourselves, even though we know he, he loves us and accepts us, is sometimes, most times, we're not keeping it a buck with ourselves. And I just know because I've been there. Like, there is a Reuben that I don't want to admit exists. It's just, I don't, I know God loves that Reuben. I don't love him. I'm mad at him. I wish he wasn't in the room. And there's a Reuben that I am denying and don't want to acknowledge is a part of my life and needs to be dealt with because, frankly, I'm embarrassed. There are days I look in the mirror and I'm just like, man, I'm supposed to pastor a church. It's just this version of ourselves that we don't want to acknowledge. And I, I think of, P, of Paul when I think of this because Paul acknowledged it. Paul in Romans 17 says, for I don't understand what I'm doing. For I don't do what I want. Instead, I do what I hate. Isn't that the truth? Like there's this version of ourselves that no matter what I know to do is right, I always find myself in this place. This place that I don't want to acknowledge that I've brought myself to. And there's just this tension. And what I want to ask you guys today before we continue This is a rhetorical question. You can meditate on this answer. And as we come into worship and we come ready to worship authentically, because the fact of the matter is Jesus wants us in our totality. He wants every bit of it. And when we show up here at the altar in worship, are we showing up with the rest of us, with all of ourselves? And this is the question. If you're not, Where are you keeping the rest of you? Where is the part of you that you've hidden, that you've locked up, 
that nobody ever gets to see. And when you see glimpses of it in the mirror, you look away because you're tired of facing it. And that's the part of us that makes it so hard to worship authentically. So how can I be authentic with God when I haven't been authentic with myself yet? I love Peter. Because Peter is a really good example of a bad example. In this opening text, if we can go back to it, Jesus is telling the disciples. He's not rebuking anybody. He's not calling anybody out. As a matter of fact, he's saying, you're, you, you have to. You all will fall away because this is the prophecy that's going to be fulfilled. This is a prophecy that's about to be fulfilled that you guys are going to fall away. I'm about to be betrayed. I'm about to die on the cross. You're, you're supposed to fall away. This is a failure that you're meant to fall into. And he's letting the disciples know. He's not rebuking them. He's not saying don't do it. As a matter of fact, the last time Peter and Jesus had a conversation, he's like, Jesus is having to say, Satan, get thee behind me. Because Peter's like, I'm not going to let them. Another version of this conversation is happening. And here again, Peter rises up. And I just, I think of Peter and I imagine being in that situation like, yeah, I don't want to acknowledge the fact that I'm about to deny Jesus. But Jesus is telling him, you are going to deny me. And I just imagine that there's this part of Peter that can't accept it. That there's this part of Peter that's like, no, 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 no. Maybe you're talking about the other 11. Maybe you're talking about that boy, that boy Thomas, because you know Thomas a little. But me, Jesus? Nah. I bet in the extended version, he was like, I'll cut someone's ear off before I let them take you. If you read the Bible, you get that. He actually does that later. Um, he's like, nah. I, even if they fall away, I will not. And Jesus goes, oh, man, let me tell you how bad it, you're going to fall away. You're going you're gonna to do it tonight. And Jesus isn't rebuking him. He's not hating on him. Jesus knows the totality of Peter. And on top of that, Peter has walked with him in life. He knows the Peter that was brave enough to walk on the water but sunk. He knows the Peter who Holy Spirit revealed that, no, 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 you are the Messiah. And this is the Peter that Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. You, that's why I'm calling you Peter because you will be the rock that the church is built on. And he knows that very Peter is going to deny him. He knows the totality of who Peter is. But Peter won't accept it. You ever been there? Where you are denying the very thing about yourself that God's telling you you deal with? No, 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 Jesus. It's not my anger issues. It's this woman you gave me for a spouse. That's not based on me. That's just a general example. No, 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 no. It's just my hangry. It's just, no, 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 no. It's not my jealousy issues. It's if he would just stop acting wrong. That's sexist that I'm assuming the woman is jealous. If she would just tell me where she was going, why she got to have so many guy friends? It's not my jealousy issues. And it's even worse when your reason is justifiable. Because then it gives you an ability to hide under the fact that although it's a just reason and it's a wrong thing, your insecurity is still flaring. Your imperfections are still there. Because right or wrong, we're called to forgive. 
You ever been there? You're deep in prayer. And God's like, forgive them. I'm like, I think you meant the first letter of that. No, I'm kidding. Um, where God is talking to you. And you just want to hear about every, like, oh, maybe they're going to fall away. Maybe the, everybody else has anger issues. Maybe everybody else has insecurities. Maybe everybody else is failing you. Maybe everybody else is denying you. But not me, Jesus. Not me. It's like Jesus already knows. He's not asking you to worship authentically for his sake. The fact of the matter is we couldn't hide from Jesus if we wanted to. And Jonah is the book. If you want to see that it is impossible to hide from God, read the book of Jonah. Homie tried to hide in the ocean. He's in a fish. And he's like, yeah, I still can't get away from God. This is annoying. God's not asking us to worship authentically on our behalf. God wasn't uh, for his own sake. God wasn't telling Peter, you're going to deny me for Jesus' sake. He didn't need to know that. They needed to know that. But Peter just has this inability to accept what's happening. And I just think it's so true in our own lives. And that's why I'm thankful for Peter. I'm thankful that I could look at Peter and go, yeah, me too. There are things that God has told me to deal with in the midst of worship. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about that right now. I'm trying to worship your glory. He's like, yeah, but that's getting in the way. It's like, no, God, I got to I gotta be more than a conqueror. He's like, yeah, but we got to deal with the thorn that's in your side right now because you're not yet embracing your full weakness so that my strength can be perfected. There are so many things that we need to deal with and God is ready to deal with. But until we are able to confront our inner selves and admit like, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, Lord. I love Paul, man. Paul's a beast. He got more degrees than a thermometer. The Pharisee of Pharisees. Like if there's anybody who has a right to be self-righteous, Paul's like, nah, there's this thing in me that I know that what I am supposed to do, I'm out here being an apostle, a pastor of pastors. I just can't get it right. In me, there's just this nature. There's a Paul that it, it's not that I can't even succeed, that there is a nature within me that is, it is against what God wants me to do. Like, it is opposing. In the longer version of this, it's like, he's like, it opposes the very thing that God wants me to do and what I know is right. It is opposed to it. We got, like, our inner child throwing a temper tantrum. You know, you have it. Come on. I worked with kids. Man, the drop weight technique. Parents, child worker, people who work with kids, you know. (laughs) You've seen it. It's just like. Come on, yo, we got an inner child doing that. As we try to walk to God, it's just, <laughs> no, I don't want to. Mm-mm, you can't make me. Mm-mm. There's this part of us that is opposed to where God, what God wants to do in our lives. And so what do we do about this? I love that in this very same text, Paul continues. That took a lot out of me. Man, 
need to drop weight. Okay. In Romans 7, 24, he says, wretched man, wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. So there's that, there's that paradox at work. But let's bounce back up to that verse. And this text continues. You read Romans 7 through Romans 8. The power of Jesus is so strong. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus our Lord. As long as we are denying the fullness of ourselves, we will never be able to fully enter into the rescuing that God wants to do in our life. As long as, as, long as Jesus is here, I'm ready to work on you. And you're like, all right, God, I got these three things that need rescuing. We're not going to talk about the fourth today. God is not asking you to worship authentically for his behalf. He's worshiping you, asking you to worship authentically because he wants to deal with every single part of you. He wants to clean you from head to toe. He wants to get rid of every blemish. He wants to get rid of every wrinkle in your life. And he wants you to come to him with the stains. Come to him with the problems. Come, with, come to him with the I should have been over this. Come to him with the part of you that you've been ignoring and neglecting and saying, no, 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 no. We're not going to talk about Bruno. He wants you to talk about Bruno. Because the fact of the matter is why we believe in worshiping authentically, church. Is that we know it's the only thing that will truly free us. If we truly want to be free, I got to be willing to confess everything to God. I got to be all of who I am. I got to be the Reuben that I'm not quite fond of. You got to be the you that you don't like all the time. You know. It's the pictures you delete sometimes. Like, no, no, that's not a good picture. <laughs> the, the you that you're just like... <sighs> the insecurities, the, the frustrations, the things that you wish you were over by now. And so I want to rephrase the question today that I've asked you. I want you to hold that one in your head, but I really want to ask you, where are you hiding the part of you that needs rescuing? Because Jesus wants to go there and get it. He's looking to Peter. I really believe that he's looking to Peter. And he's not saying you're going to deny me just so that Peter knows that. See, many, many preachers will talk about the next thing that happens. Peter denies him three times. And then when Jesus resurrects, Jesus asks him and sees him. And he says, do you love me three times? And immediately allows Peter to redeem his very denial. Jesus just wants to expose what you're dealing with so that he can deal with it so that he can take over so that he can rescue it and so what we need to do today is expose the parts of us that need to be rescued and we need to face our inner selves are you guys you guys with me you guys ready to do that today okay i'm going to go into the last part this last part the worship team can come up although 
TBH, guys. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be up here. It might be short. It might be long. We'll see. So why don't we do it? What is, it, it's easier said than done, I feel like. Like if I leave you guys here like, all right, guys, go face your inner selves. I'm doing you a disservice, right? Why is it that we just don't do it? The first thing I think is shame. It's just embarrassing to be a certain age, to be in this Christian faith as long as you are, and to still struggle with something like unforgiveness, because I feel like forgiveness is the, the core thing that you, when you become a Christian, you learn about being a good forgiver, you know. Love being your logo if you're at Christ Uncensored, you're like, oh, sometimes love is not my logo. <laughs> Just be honest, sometimes love is not my logo. So why, why is it so hard to admit that to ourselves sometimes? I think shame gets in the way. And I've, I've dealt with shame, but it's embarrassing. Like, I've had to admit things to my wife recently, anytime. I mean, the fact that my wife sees, Amanda, I love you so much. I'm always going to talk about you now. Um, she sees me. She sees all of Ruben. Let me tell you, she's seen some embarrassing things, just on a practical level, like just normal everyday stuff. She's laughing with me right now. You know what I'm talking about, honey. Right now, she's like, you never call me honey. Apparently, I do when I'm preaching. That's an embarrassing thing right now. I'm like, why did I call her honey? She's like, who did you call honey? No. Um, it's just, it's embarrassing. And shame will always creep in. Yvette, you could take this so you could get comfy. Put the cushions on. Okay. Shame will always come in, especially when we fall into sin, when we fall into temptation, when we fall into these issues. Shame will always come in because shame is the, the antithesis to, to conviction. Like, when we fall as believers, God wants us to step in. Like, Lord, I fell. Thank you for your forgiveness. I, I know I messed up. The Bible, Proverbs says a righteous man falls seven times but gets up seven. Shame wants you to stay down. Shame wants you to say, yeah, this is where you belong. Don't, don't talk about it. You know what they're going to say if you talk about it? Hide it. You'll deal with it. Just hide it. So you don't talk about it. You don't speak about it. You just kick it to the side and you and you you come into worship and I've been here I've been here recently you come into worship but your worship feels off because there's this part of you anytime you come into God's presence this is what he's going to do and you're going to feel that knock because God is never going to accept some of you he loves you too much to accept parts of you and he'll never overstep he'll never no, I'm coming. No, no, no. But you're going to feel this when you come into the presence of God. Yeah, I want to deal with that. You're going to deny me tonight. You're going to deny me in the way you live. You're going to fall short. We're worried about the things we did. He's like, I know what you're about to do. And I want to deal with it. So I want all of you. And shame will say, no, 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 keep it under there. Don't answer the door. Don't answer the door. You can't let them know. You then start living in denial. It's like, well, I can't, I, I can't, I can't look at it. I don't want to know I deal with it. I don't want to talk about it. La, 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 la. That's the next child technique. La, 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 la. And you're in worship and it just feels like, <sighs> because there's this part of you that is, it is, I, I just genuinely don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's possible to worship God 
partially. I've never had a halfway encounter with God, you know, like half Holy Spirit. You know, like I spoke in some tongues. No, like it's all, it's a submerging. When Holy Spirit shows up, it's just. And the only person that changes is me. Because if I don't want him to, I'm like, "Mm -mm. you can have a toe. Just going to stay here. And so we need to rid ourselves of shame. And the next thing is fear of vulnerability. Sorry, Yvette, you're wooing. I'm like, oh, I got Yvette. Because to acknowledge that there's a version of yourself that you're not quite fond of, honestly, for me at 29, it's like my career, my finances, um, to be quite honest, trying to have a kid. It's just things that I'm just like, practical things sometimes it's not this woeful sinful issue it's just like I don't I don't feel man enough sometimes I don't want to look at that Reuben and when I acknowledge him it takes vulnerability because there's nothing that makes me feel weaker to expose that part of myself especially before the beautiful, magnificent, perfect God and say, yeah, God, there's just this part of me that's not worthy of your presence. There's just part of me that feels wretched. There's this part of me that doesn't feel man enough, husband enough. There's this part of me that doesn't feel pastor enough. Whole time I'm preaching, I've been self-conscious about the way I'm holding the mic. That's not even a joke. You can laugh because it is funny, but I got really long fingers, so like it doesn't, I'm just like holding it like this. (laughs) But in full honesty, there's a part of my brain that's like, what the heck are you doing? Get some grip strength. (laughs) I made Devin laugh so loud. That was crazy. We are our worst critics. And so then to expose that part of ourselves just feels so weak. just feel so weak and to expose it to someone else to be able to look at someone that you know has the power to hurt you has the power to destroy you because they know a part of you that you try to hide I hate listen I'm going to finish the way I say this I hate being married I love my wife I love marriage but the thing about marriage is I'm so vulnerable because she knows me better than I know myself now so she knows all the things I'm hiding. And I can't hide it from myself. And that's what, that's what a relationship is. <laughs> is. I'm vulnerable, you're vulnerable, and we just see our stuff 24-7. It's just, it's just so exposing. And you just feel so weak, and you want to hide. And I think of Psalm with David saying, like, Lord, where can I go from your presence? Because I just can't hide from you. You see it all. And there's no, like, you ever been around someone who's just like so positive and so loving and it just makes you aware of how loving you're not? I feel like that's what it's like being around God. So you want to hide because it just leaves you feeling so vulnerable. So weak. Why do we hide? Why don't we show up as fully ourselves? Because we're ashamed of ourselves. 
And really, I just think with vulnerability, it's because we're afraid to be weak. We're afraid to be weak. And I, like, I want to back up here. I wanted to say this earlier, but it, it still fits here. Like, I think what gets in the way of talking about this is sometimes how we talk about the, per, the importance of knowing your identity in Christ. Like, yeah, in my identity in Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. In my identity in Christ, I am the righteousness of God. In my identity of Christ, he, I know I will never be abandoned. I know that I will never be left or forsaken. I know I don't got to worry about rejection issues. I don't, pff, perfect love casts all off, out, casts out all fear. In my identity in Christ, yes, but what makes that beautiful is knowing who I am apart from Christ. It's, it's the, the paradox because to be a believer and accept Jesus is to accept that you are a paradoxical being. There's this thing in me that wants to do good. There's this thing in me that wants to do bad. It's this paradox of declaration and confession. And like if we live in declaration without confession, we're just in denial. I'm the righteousness of God. I can do all things. It's not as powerful if you can't admit that you don't feel like you can do all things. That's what makes it beautiful. It's like, Lord, I feel like a failure. Lord, I feel like I'm bombing this. Lord, I feel like I'm not getting it right as a parent. I feel like I'm not getting it right in my job. I feel like I'm just not getting it right in my relationship, in my life. I feel like I'm not getting it right as a human being. I feel like I can't just get this forgiveness down packed, this love your neighbor stuff down packed. I just, I just can't get it right. I feel like a failure. I feel unworthy. It's confession. And when you do that, it makes way for the declaration of what God says about it. But I thank you that in your grace, I thank you that in your love, I'm worthy. I thank you that your son who died on the cross and resurrected and defeated death made me worthy. I thank you that because of your, of Jesus' finished work that I am more than a conqueror. Even when I feel like a failure, I am more than a conqueror. It's the, the, con, the confession that makes the declaration beautiful and powerful. And I searched high and far, went through Bible verses on a verse to close this out with, but church, I really feel like God just wants to do something on his own today. And so if we could stand, there's verses that will encourage you on why you don't need to be afraid of being vulnerable. There's verses like in your weakness, God's strength is strong. And those are great. But I look at Peter, and without a Bible verse, there was just something that made him step out of the boat. He said, Lord, if it's you, command me. And he did. And I don't think that there's a thing that I can say to you that you will walk away with and be like, oh, that's my Bible verse for battling shame and battling vulnerability like those things work and they're empowering but God just wants us to turn in 
and face that part of us today. And the quote that I've had that has helped me is jump and the net will appear. What the Lord wants you to do today is step out in faith. Because I feel like we could hear a message and go like, I'm facing my inner child. It's like, no, no, no. He wants you to bring him. He wants you to bring him that part of you that you don't like. He wants you to bring him that part of you you're tired of dealing with. He wants you to bring him that today. And he wants to love on you right there as you are. He wants to love on you. Whether you think you deserve it or not, he wants to love on you. It is Jesus who does the change. And so it is not you mustering up the strength to change. It's you mustering up the strength to be vulnerable before God. It's you mustering up your sh the strength to let him find you. As our prayer counselors come up, I'm going to come down and I'm going to pray for anyone who wants to come up. Um, I also just want to close out the service and the live stream now so we can flow. And so, Father, I, I thank you for these people here who are courageous and who are ready to to be before you. I thank you that you love us as you find us. And I ask that you move right now. I ask that for those online, that you move in their life right now, that though they may not be able to be here before us, they are there before you. And I pray for you to dismantle shame and fear right now, that they may be fully themselves before you. And I pray for anyone right now who wants to give their life to you, that you will just flood flood their life and let them know that their desire for you is their acceptance of you. And right now we pray that in Jesus name. Amen.